I have been waiting, Brenda and I, Pastor Brenda and I have been waiting for this, this day. We've been talking about the series, uh, One Another. And uh, last week we started with motivate one another. How many remember our scripture that we used last week, the, 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 the one another? We've been going through the one another's. He, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Do you remember that? In fact, why don't you, it's up on the screen. Why don't you say it with me out loud? Come on, just say it with me. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to and good works. And uh, we talked a little bit about that last week when I went through John 13, when Jesus, before he's going to the cross, you think about before he went to the cross, they're gonna accuse him, they're gonna sentence him, they're gonna mock him, they're gonna spit in his face, they're gonna murder him on a cross, they're gonna do all that, and what is his last act of showing what acts of love and service look like? What does it look like? It looks a whole lot like serving as the creator of the universe, um, Wash his feet. Isn't that crazy? How many of you gotta be pretty secure in your position to go wash feet? Think about that for a moment. And Jesus goes to the, those people who were unnoticed and he notices them. To slaves of that day, slaves of that day, they didn't get to decide what they got to do. They had no say in anything and what they were to do. They just washed feet. And Jesus said, let me show you something. The creed of the world shows you that nobody's become somebody's, and when they become somebody, they remember like the creator, and they go down, and they come low, and they wash feet. And that's where you'll always find, you know, this, I think this is the reason why, y'all have heard me say this, but I think this is the reason why so many Christians don't really have a relationship with Jesus Christ in a deep way, and uh, why so many unbelievers never find Jesus. It's because they're looking too high, he's usually down low, and he usually comes in the form of serving somebody. Isn't that right? And we started looking more like Jesus when we said, Lord, how can I come low, do acts of good love, good works and acts of love, how can I do that? And it's by God, what have you put in me that I can give to somebody else? Come on, you know, come on, America, we live in, be number one, we're number one, look out for number one. And Jesus says, no, it's not about number one, it's about another. And we started that. How many took the Matthew 25 challenge? How many took that? Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, the night Pastor Brent and I slept on the floor, never needed a chiropractor in my life, did after that night. Come on, have you feel the pain? But what we did was, we did like Jesus. We, we got down into what is it like for somebody who doesn't have a bed? What is it like for somebody who doesn't have water? What is it like for somebody who, come on, beans and rice, and, uh, and some people are just really fortunate to get that. And what it was like for your stomach just to feel a little bit of, just a little bit of pain? Your kids, your kids walk through that with you. It's getting into somebody else's life. Well, it's one thing to preach about one another, but it's another thing to hear teaching about one another and us give mental assent and nods to it. It's a whole different world when Jesus starts challenging you to say, now why don't you do something for the one another? And today, you're gonna hear about that. You're gonna hear about that. Transformational for you 
and for somebody else and for another. And I have a very special friend with me today that's we're gonna kind of tag team because we're gonna bring something very special to you. Uh, Pastor Steve Spear, who is uh, with World Vision. How many of you have ever heard of World Vision before? Incredible, incredible organization. World Vision, let me just say this on the outset. World Vision is a strategic partner with CityServe Michigan. Did you know that? They have been the ones that have strategically helped us get supplies so that heroes in churches across the state of Michigan, including our pod here doing servant evangelism, our heroes are able to take those resources, find the felt need of somebody who may be away from the Lord or doesn't know the Lord, build a relationship with those, those items, and then start leading them toward Jesus Christ. One of the strategic partners that have helped us accomplish that is World Vision. They're not just about reaching the world, they're saying Grand Rapids first, churches in the state of Michigan, we want to help you reach your world of people that need Jesus Christ just as desperately that are your next door neighbors. How many thank God for partners like that that have helped us? They have strategically helped us. But I want you to meet Steve because he's going to share his heart on how we can serve another instead of just what about number one, what about tomorrow for me? And he's going to share with us. Steve, I love Steve because he was 15 years. He served in the senior position at a very large, one of the largest church in the United States of America, was in that executive position, ended up uh, pastoring one of their campuses for 10 years. And then the Lord started dealing with Steve about how do I help another who doesn't have so that they might know Jesus Christ and bring transformation. And Steve really, it really started, the Holy Spirit started dealing with him. How many of you just, that's a tough thing when the Holy Spirit deals with you. So after 15 years of being in a very secure position at that largest church in America, one of the large churches, Steve resigned without any pay for the next year. And Steve said, I want to help do something. And so he worked as a volunteer with World Vision because he saw the power of what they did. And he decided he was going to run and raise sponsorship and money to help these families and kids to bring transformation to a community which would transform a child and transform a nation. And he did something bold. He decided he was going to run. Not just run, he ran from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast. Raised sponsors. For five months, he ran. It was like running a marathon every single day for five months. Whatever he's drinking, I want it. Amen? And he did it. Do you know how much he raised? He raised a half a million dollars. He had no salary and said, I want to make a difference. You talk about it. I want to hear from a guy like that. And Steve is now the, uh, the World Vision Church Engagement Director for World Vision. And I just thank God for him because you're going to hear a guy whose heart and passion for Jesus Christ is just going to blow your mind. And he's going to help us do something for another that's going to transform them. But more importantly, transform us into the image of Jesus Christ. So do me a great big favor. Now make Steve feel at home. This is his first time at Grand Rapids First. So y'all shout him down, amen him, cheer him on. But let's thank, the, let's thank Jesus Christ for the gift of Pastor Steve Spear. And let's welcome him to the platform today. Come on, Steve. Come on, buddy. We're so glad you're here today, man. This is going to be an amazing day. Thank you so much. You're going to have a great time. You're going to have a great time. Bless you, buddy. Thank you. 
Well, thank you so very much. Uh, this is such a humbling privilege to be with you, Grand Rapids First, and for you online. Cannot wait to be spending these moments with you and all that God has ordained and appointed for us. I am so pumped uh, to be with you all. And can I tell you how blessed I am by your Pastor Sam? Can I just tell you just a little bit of how I'm blessed by him? I tell you what, uh, his love for the Word of God, uh, his love for the local church, his love for what God is doing both here locally and what God is doing globally, it just blesses, has blessed, and it will continue to bless me in my life. And it has been such a pleasure getting to know him uh, and getting to know what God is doing here. And also just uh, coming alongside you, Pastor Sam and Brenda, with this season that you're in. Uh, I've mentioned this to you both personally about how much I'm praying for you and my wife Frances and I are praying for you and how you are enveloping your pastor and their family, and you as a Grand Rapids First family. So uh, God be praised and much love uh, to both of you. Uh, now, I also need to let you know, the first time I met Pastor Sam, he threw down a challenge. Very first time I met him, he threw down a challenge. He knew that we were gonna be talking about world vision. And he said, he said, hey Steve, if you can pronounce my last name, this is what he said. Now, for those of you that are brand new, this is your first time online, your first time in the space here, if you've never seen the spelling of his last name, it's a doozy. And he said, he said, if you can pronounce my last name, then whatever we're going to be talking about with World Vision, he said, I'll double it. Uh, we'll double it here at Grand Rapids first. And then I looked at his last name, and I was stumped, completely stumped. And then the next time we met, I was ready. I was ready, and I said, hey, Pastor, I know the last time we met, you said you would double whatever we done, and I failed the test, but I know the faith of Grand Rapids first. I know the story of what God is doing in your faith community, and I know the half of what you can do is more than any other church can do at its full. So, Pastor Sam Reifkogel, <laughs> I'm like, let's do this. Let's just totally do this. And so here we are, and we're so blessed to be with you. Can, is it okay? Can I introduce my family to you? Can I do that? Uh, this, is, uh, this is my family. Uh, this is at my daughter's wedding a little over a year and a half ago. It's my wife, Frances. You can see her. Uh, my daughter, Chelsea. Uh, her new husband, Joe. This is my son, Zach. And then our daughter-in-law, Ashley. Uh, and I gotta tell you, even though we live, we live in the Chicagoland area. That's where we hang out. And we've been there for like 30 years. The great state of Michigan, I mean, we're in it through and through. We are. My wife and I celebrated our 20th and 30th anniversaries right here in Michigan, which is pretty fun. I ran my first ever, did my first ever Ironman half triathlon here in Michigan. And then a few years ago with Doug, we, my daughter and I, Pastor Doug, we did our, uh, an Olympic triathlon together right here in Grand Rapids. And then best yet, our daughter-in-law, Ashley, she's from Michigan. So like, God bless Grand Rapids. You know, God bless Michigan. Um, we just love, uh, we do love, we do love it here. So, so uh, also in that picture, my daughter-in-law, actually she was pregnant at the time when that picture was taken. And then a little over a year ago, get ready for it, get ready for it. Our first grandchild came uh, our way. And this is Bellamy right here. This is Bellamy. And I'm telling you what, we are loving, loving the grandparent journey. And you can tell by the look on my face, I'm loving being a grandpa. I mean, online family, I am loving being a grandpa. I so am. 
And it has been really cool just being a part, kind of remotely a part of the One Another series that you're all in right now. And it's been a blessing for me to hear Pastor Sam, to be blessed by his teaching. And last week, and you just read the scripture, but from Hebrews 10 and John 13, can I, I, can I tell you how much I'm blessed by Pastor Sam? I just am. And I know you are as well. My life verse is Philippians 1.6 which says that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion. And I've long believed that God uses people and circumstances in our lives to complete his good work in us. And I'm telling you, when you lean into the one another, you lean into the one another and all that that brings, God will complete his work in you and me. Yes, yes, amen. Um, so uh, thanks so much for allowing me to be a part of this. Now, I know, without a doubt, many of you uh, have heard of World Vision. Tons of you just raised your hands not too long ago. You've heard of World Vision. But in case you haven't heard or maybe know a little bit more about us, here's who we are. Our mission is to follow Jesus. That's who we are. Our mission is to follow Jesus. And we do this by serving the poor and the oppressed. And we've been doing this by serving the most vulnerable children in over 100 countries for 70 years. And we do it all in the name of the Lord. That's who we are. But today, get ready, because uh, Pastor Sam alluded to this. I want to give you an inside scoop. An inside scoop to something pretty crazy happening in World Vision. You see, there's a renewing spirit that's happening within us right now. And it's birthing some big ideas. And I'm telling you what, there's a big idea that Pastor Sam and I want to share with you in just a few moments from now. So when someone hears that I ran across the United States, they, used, they like to hear some statistics. But I want to start first with a picture. Uh, this is how the U.S. run began and how it ended. On the left, that's at the Santa Monica Pier, the very far west rail, as far as you can go on the Santa Monica Pier. That was on April 8th, 2013. And I didn't plan to fall to my knees. Um, but when I looked out over the ocean and I knew, kind of had an idea what the next little stretch of time would hold, I, I had to. I just fell to my knees in complete surrender to Christ. I said, God, I have no idea what this next little season of time is going to hold, but I am in your hands, and we're in your hands. And then that far right picture there, that's how the run ended. That's at Battery Park in New York City. That was on September 6, 2013. And I'll tell you, I planned that picture for about five months. I simply said, God, if it would be your will that I can make it to the other side of the United States, I will bow in reverence to you and thank you for your provisions and thank you for your protection over me and our family and this crew and all that you had ordained for this. And uh, so it was one of the most privileged positions I could be in right there is to bow before the Lord and thank him. Now between point A and B, I ran 3,081 miles. Not that I was counting, I did. <laughs> I was counting. I ran through 14 states, uh, went through 10 pair of ASIC running shoes, washed and wore a bunch of times 15 World Vision running jerseys, consumed on average 5,000 calories a day. We figured I ate about 1,000 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches mid-run. God bless PB&J. Still love PB&J to this day. I could eat one right now if I had one. High sustained, high sustained elevation was 7,500 feet in Arizona. Greatest aggregate elevation change was in the Allegheny Mountains of Pennsylvania. One week of running was 175 miles with 32,000 feet of aggregate elevation change. So if you need hill work, go to, the, go to the Alleghenies. Scariest moment, being attacked by six wild dogs in Oklahoma. 
And as Pastor Sam said, the most uh, satisfaction was that over uh, $500,000 was raised uh, for clean drinking water in Africa. And I gotta tell you though, Grand Rapids family, I mean, those of you here and for those of you that are online, I gotta tell you, I am like the most unlikely guy on the planet to have run across the United States. I, I didn't run my first marathon, my first anything until 2007. It was the Chicago Marathon and it was with World Vision. I was a complete non-runner. I hated running and wanted nothing to do with running. But I felt God moving me past my comfort zone. I sensed God moving me past my fears. And I said yes. And I had four goals for my first marathon. Goal number one was just to hate running less every time I ran. <laughs> Goal number two was to train well enough to make it to the starting line. Goal number three was to finish before they closed the course. These were not high goals, you all. They just weren't. And then the fourth goal was to raise $1,000 for clean water. I completely thought this was gonna be a one and out deal. But God reversed. Hear this. God reversed something in me. And then a couple years later, I was invited to go and run the 56 mile, you heard me, 56 mile Comrades Ultra Marathon in South Africa. Now, I didn't much like running 26 miles, so I didn't want to run 56. But once again, I felt God moving me past my fears, stepping out of my comfort zone. And six months after that race was over, I was near my in-laws home in Ohio and I went out on an innocent six mile run. And while I was on that run, it was mile three, I can take you to the patch of pavement today on old Route 40 in St. Clairsville, Ohio. And I heard a whisper from the Holy Spirit. And the whisper said, Steve, you're to run across the United States for the good of others. Now, I thought that was like a bad taco from the night before. <laughs> like, I'm going like, this is weird, strange. I was so freaked out by this, I didn't even tell my wife about it for two months. I mean, this, this is just a nutty, nutty thought. And then I don't know if you've ever done this before, and um, I, we're getting ready for summer, so you'll do it this coming summer. If you've ever pushed a beach ball under the surface of the water, and you push it down, and it pops back up again, and you push it down, and it pops back up again. I did that sort of routine with this vision for the next 12 months, until finally, I just got tired of this gymnastics routine, and I put my arms up in surrender, and I said, God, I know that you're calling me to devote myself more to running and how running changes lives. And if the expression of this is a run from LA to New York, filled with more unknowns than I can count them in, I don't get it. I do not get it, but I'm in. So we did what all sane people do. <laughs> I resigned my pastoral role of over 16 years. My wife sold and liquidated a 3,000 square foot brick and mortar antique business that she'd been building for six years. And the driving question is why? Why? Why would I do this run? Why would we endure what is arguably the hardest thing that we'd ever done? Hardest thing that I'd ever done physically, emotionally, spiritually, why? Because God was beginning to reverse a false narrative in our life. This is what he was doing. He was reversing this false narrative. And the false narrative is this, that people who have less are less. And God would use a run from L.A. to New York to reverse that narrative that people who have less are less. But instead that we as Christ's followers, what we're called to do, we're called to affirm the inherent dignity in people and to restore the broken circumstances in our world. That's, you guys, that's what we're called to do. 
to restore the broken circumstances, especially to those who are the most vulnerable, and to affirm their inherent dignity. Now, I know you know this, but Jesus, in the scriptures, talked more about caring for the poor and the vulnerable more than just about anything else in his time on earth. And specifically in Matthew 25, Jesus said these words, and I'm very aware that as I read these words, so many of you, as Pastor Sam just noted, you were this this last week living out the Matthew 25 challenge. You made these words personal. When there was no caffeine going through your veins on Tuesday, these words, when you laid on a hard floor on Wednesday night, for those of you that did this, and I credit you, and I give you thanks for doing that. God came into your spirit. God revealed himself to you in a different way by that simple activity. Jesus said these words, come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, almost quizzically, right? This is the spirit, almost quizzically. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you in sick or in prison and go to visit you? And then the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. You read You did it for me. In these words, in these words, for those of you that are seeing this online, you, for us, with these words, Jesus flipped everything. Do you see what's happening here? His kingdom is one of a radical reversal. Jesus' kingdom is a different kind of kingdom. Instead of riding in on a stallion, what did our Lord and Savior come riding in on? We're gonna celebrate this not too long. He came in on a donkey, right? Instead of having servants, what did Jesus do? He washed his disciples' feet. I mean, this is what Pastor Sam taught from last week from John chapter 13. I mean, Pastor Sam reminded us that when Jesus came, he said, I did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. And I love the very concise quote Pastor Sam mentioned last week. The heart of the kingdom is to serve. This is the heart of the kingdom, to serve. He also mentioned this phrase, Jesus recognizes the unnoticed and he recognizes the powerless. This is our Lord, this is our Savior, and we're called in the same thing. So here's the deal. Here's the deal for you. Here's the deal for you, here's the deal for me. According to Matthew 25, Jesus invites us to call and receive the most hurting around us as what? As family. As family, this is what he invites us to do, and to reverse the false narrative that those who have less are less, to affirm their dignity and to restore broken circumstances. This is it, friends. This is what we're called to do. These are the two action steps of the radically reversing kingdom of God, to use our resources, to use our blessings to get in the game and to actually help the restoration of broken circumstances, even if it's just for one person, or one child. And I'm often tempted to think, and you may be as well, well, I don't need to do this today because someone else will, right? This is what we do. But when we say yes, when you say yes, when I do to build the radically reversing kingdom of God, you know what happens? 
You wanna know? Man, not only are the people we're serving changed, they're changed, not only are communities changed, transformed, but our lives, your life, my life, we're changed as well in ways that we never thought possible. And I wanna tell you about a seven-year-old girl who changed everything for me. Uh, this is Winnie. Uh, this is a child that Francis and I began sponsoring with World Vision just ahead of the U.S. run. And this is when I had the unique privilege of meeting Winnie in August of 2012. And it was on this day that I met Winnie and their family at their very humble home in the Rift Valley area of Kenya. And after some greetings, we walked one mile to their water source. And this uh, small pond that you can see, you can't see the whole thing, but this small pond is where they washed what little clothes they have. Uh, that morning I asked Justina, Winnie's mother, I said, Winnie, uh, Justina, where is it that you wash your clothes? And she said, oh, right here. And then I said, and where do you all bathe? And she said, right here. And then I saw livestock drinking around the perimeter of this pond and relieving themselves. This is their water source. And then I took that container that you see in my hand and I put it down to the water and we drew out and I knew the water out of the source was contaminated. I knew it, I could just tell. And I knew that the water filling my container would kill half the kids under the age of five in Winnie's village. It's called the infant mortality rate. And then I took that container and I put it on my shoulder and I carried it one mile back to Winnie's home. It weighs uh, 50 pounds. Think of an old school microwave on your shoulder full of water. And that one-mile walk back to when he's home wrecked me. Um, there was a shift that happened that day, and I have not been the same since. First of all, my heart broke. My heart broke thinking about the thousands of kids just like Winnie that would not have a shot at life. But then I learned, like in the moments that followed, how our $39 a month sponsoring Winnie, right, was being pooled together with other people sponsoring children in Winnie's community to not only bring clean water, but sanitation, education, healthcare, microfinance, and even an introduction to who Jesus Christ is. And one of the most amazing things that's implemented in the communities that we're bringing clean water is a program called Jesus, the Source of Living Water. And what's so amazing about this, as we're bringing clean water for the body, we're bringing Jesus' living water for the soul. How cool is that? Man, it is so amazing. So this uh, slide here on the left is when I met Winnie almost, uh, well, it's been now a few more than seven years ago. And uh, she now has access to clean water. It's the coolest thing on the planet. Uh, Winnie has a sense of uh, a fullness of what life can look like. Uh, this on the right side is when I saw her just a couple of years ago, just before the pandemic. They now have, I said, access to clean water. Winnie's excelling in school. Uh, Justine, her mom, is a rock star, and she has a thriving garden business that we've been kind of partnering in a little bit with her on. They're doing fantastic within that. And then Winnie teaches, get this, Winnie is teaching 20 to 25 smaller children truths from Scripture every Sunday. And because we're, because we're like eight hours ahead of Kenya time, already today, Winnie's been teaching kids about Jesus. And uh, how amazing is this? So we've, uh, we've now seen and hung out with Winnie three times since I first met her in August of 2012. And I'm telling you, this young, you know, vibrant, joy-filled girl has not only become family, she's redefined family for us. Broken circumstances restored, and their dignity affirmed, people in their whole communities transformed.
So in the couple minutes that I have left, I wanna tell you one story from the US run. And then I wanna invite you into something very powerful. So uh, when I crossed into New Jersey, I was within days of the US run ending. And something supernatural, almost unexplainable occurred that day. For starters, I had 35 miles on my run schedule that day, and I didn't start running until one o'clock in the afternoon, which is just pretty daunting, even, even of itself. And at about 6 p.m. with a gray sky at mile 25, I started up a fairly sharp incline. Now, I just finished this brutal week of running in the Allegheny Mountains of Pennsylvania, 175 miles with 32,000 feet of aggregate elevation change. The last thing that I wanted was another two-mile climb. And my first thought was, why is there a mountain here? Like, I'm in New Jersey. Like, isn't New Jersey supposed to be flat? Obviously, I didn't know geography well of western New Jersey. And with um, each, up, each uphill step, I just found myself getting more and more irritated. Um, the irritation soon turned to anger. Anger at this stupid incline. Anger at this ridiculous run. Anger for how crappy I felt. And then anger at God. And I'm not proud of this, but that quiet road heard some choice four-letter words from a very fatigued soul. And directly after my fit of anger, a sense of aloneness swept over me. And while I knew dozens, if not hundreds of people were holding me up in prayer, I felt alone and isolated like never before. And in the midst of this overwhelming feeling, I just put my head down and I just put one uphill step in front of the other. A moment later, I lifted my eyes and I saw a cyclist coming down on my side of the road. Now, as the cyclist grew closer to me, he failed to come off the shoulder to give me room to run. This added to my growing irritation. <laughs> I thought, dude, are you playing chicken with me? Like, um, I will stiff arm you into the, into the ditch. I'm saying, I will. This pastor, Pastor Sam, this pastor was not in a good place. I'm telling you, I was not in a good place. And, um, and, then, I, and then when he got about 20, year, 20 yards from me, he stopped. And then he said, are you Steve Spear? And I was like, uh, yes. Uh, and then he said, you're the guy running across the United States for clean water in Africa, right? Little disbelief coming out of me at that point in time. And I said, yes. And then the next words out of his mouth floored me, as if what he already said hadn't. He said, I just wanted to let you know there's a group of about 10 people, about a mile up the road, and we're ready to cheer you on. We heard what you were doing, and we wanted you to know, and he used these words, you are not alone. He said, we believe in you. And with those words, I was in complete spiritual shock. I was stunned, I was overwhelmed, I was blown away. And then this angel of hope, he rode alongside me. I mean, previously I wanted to deck him. You know, <laughs> now, he's, now he's my angel of hope. Just shows you how fickle I am, right? And sure enough, about a mile up the road, there's a group of about 10 people ready to rock my world. And uh, this image on the screen right now won't mean anything to you. Um, but these are my New Jersey angels. You see? They saved something in me. They participated with God and they healed something in me that day. And we spent the next 10 or 15 minutes greeting one another, hugging, uh, laughing, sharing about our mutual faith in God. 
I still had like 10 miles to run on the day, so I didn't say a super long time. But as I ran into the next mile, I marveled at the divine orchestration of the previous 45 minutes. You see, our faithful God had met me in the midst of my broken spirit and my sense of aloneness. He knew this son of his was in trouble. And he miraculously tapped a group of unknown strangers to surround him with presence and hope and to remind him that he is not alone. So, Grand Rapids First Family, both those of you that are here and for those of you that are online, I have a reminder for you and an invitation. Here's the reminder. You are not alone. You are not alone. Hear that. You are not alone. Whatever you came into this space with or whatever you're feeling as you're watching this service online, I need you to know whether it's within your home or within a relationship, something within your family, something at work, something at school, you are not alone. One of my favorite passages is Psalm 125, verses one and two, that says, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. You are not alone. Here's the invitation. Here's the invitation for you. Today, you can come alongside a child, and not just any child, but a child in Kanango, Kenya, to be exact, and not only remind them that they are not alone, and to reverse the false narrative that people who have less are less, but to affirm their dignity and to restore some broken circumstances. And in the next few minutes, you all, we have a red-hot vision that would bring this radically reversing hope to children and families in Kanango, Kenya. And Kanongo is filled with beautiful children who simply lack the basic resources to thrive. Even though they have so little, they are full of hope. And I'll tell you, the challenges of the last two years, this is just the reality in our world, friends. What has happened in the last two years has made the most vulnerable even more vulnerable. It's just the reality. And honestly, the pairing of the faith community like here at Grand Rapids First with the pioneering work that we're doing in Kanongo. This isn't a coincidence, you all. It just isn't. And get this, there are 2,000 children in Kanongo that are waiting to be sponsored. And frankly, I'm blown away by the faith of Pastor Sam and your church leadership that says, what would it look like if we went after 500? 500 of these children to be sponsored. And it's gonna take all of us. I'm telling you right now, it's gonna take all of us. So today, we're inviting you, each and every one of you, to become a child sponsor. To say yes of sponsoring hundreds of these kids in Kanongo who are desperately waiting on a sponsor and how your $39 a month, just as with Winnie's, will be pooled together with other people to restore their circumstances and to affirm their dignity. And of course, I know whether you're here or online, many of you already sponsor a child and to that we are so very grateful. But I'm trusting that the Lord may open your heart for one more for one more within your family, because I'm telling you, this is unique and groundbreaking, and let me tell you why. As you know, at World Vision, we've partnered with churches all over the United States in the same fashion, by inviting each person to sponsor an individual child within a community. And typically, how I would invite you to do this is you would walk out into one of your, sp your spaces, say, one of your lobby spaces, and you would there see dozens and dozens of picture folders hanging on some string, right? For those of you online, you would see lots of pictures of children. Imagine that kind of a display right now of pictures of children that you can choose from. 
But for the last year or so, we've been praying some big prayers at World Vision. Big prayers that would continue to push us in new ways to better serve his vulnerable children. And not long ago, he birthed an idea in us that radically reversed our world. He led us to ask the question, what would it look like for the first time ever if this whole thing were reversed? And instead of us choosing a child, they were empowered to choose us. So here's the deal, Grand Rapids First. This Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, Grand Rapids First is hosting the most amazing choosing party in Kanongo, Kenya. It's happening this Wednesday. And guess who the guests of honor are gonna be at this party? Just guess. It's gonna be the most vulnerable children in Kanongo, many of whom have been waiting years for somebody to sponsor them. And just imagine 500 of these kids coming into the party of their lives. A party where instead of waiting and waiting to be chosen, they instead are going to walk into a room and guess whose pictures they're going to see? Our pictures. They're going to see your pictures. And with smiles on their faces and hope in their hearts, they're going to choose you. They're going to choose you. And after they decide who they want their sponsor to be, they're going to sit down and they're going to write you a letter. And they're going to tell you why they chose you. And here's the deal. Once we have the whole uh, kind of uh, travel challenges with COVID behind us with international travel, we, we'd love to take Pastor Sam to Kanongo and a few others from, from the church here and just see and meet the community, see these children, see the amazing work that God is doing in Kenya. And just this past week, Pastor Sam and Pastor Doug, Pastor Drew and a ton from the staff, we hopped on a Zoom call and uh, we met the leaders from Kanongo. We had a powerful time to connect. One of the other cool, fantastic ways we're gonna keep ourselves connected through this is we've established, get this, we've connect, uh, established a private Grand Rapids First Chosen Facebook group. So here's what's gonna happen today. After you say yes to being chosen, uh, both here and for those of you that are online as well, your picture is gonna be uploaded to this Facebook group and from there we can see one another, celebrate one another, and just uh, really uh, see what God is up to. And then over the course of the week, our leaders from Kenya are gonna do their best to upload photos and videos from the choosing party so we can kind of stay attuned to what all this is looking like. 
In a few minutes, I'm gonna pop back up here and just give you a few closing instructions of how you can step into this. But one of the things that I've looked forward to all week is to hear from Pastor Sam, to hear his heart for why this has gripped him so much, the heart around chosen, and the heart of why this weaves so well into what God is already doing here at Grand Rapids First. And uh, this image of Pastor uh, Sam and Pastor Brenda, this is gonna hang on a string right alongside yours in little schools and in churches and spaces in Kanongo. And kids are gonna have a chance to choose you. So Pastor Sam, uh, bless us again, please. Thanks, brother. For those of you, most of you in the church family know the story of my family. And when I think about what we could do in Kanungo, Kenya, I think about the circumstances that so many of these families are in, these children are in. And we always talk about, you know, how am I going to change the world? But really, it's when you get into another's life. And this is an opportunity to do so. You know, some of you see me as pastor here that are new to the church family, but let me just tell you the probability, the probability of me, my life, me being a Christian, and especially being your pastor, the probability of that happening for me and my family was minute at best. My mother was raised in the largest Muslim nation in the world. Generations of her family knew nothing but Buddhism. My grandfather, as you know, would carry the dirt out of a mouth of a corpse given to him by a witch doctor. My mother, who's getting ready to turn 93 years of age every morning from the time she could remember as a child, she'd walk across the dirt floor and every morning cross the threshold of raw open sewage running in front of her house. The probability of my mother coming to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior was minute at best. But let me tell you what happened. My mom marries a Dutch soldier. Their marriage is a wreck. She's an Eastern culture. He's a European culture. My daddy with blonde hair, blue eyes, fair complected. You look at me, my mom won. She won. And a young lady that became a friend to my mom by the name of Deja was a believer. And she knew my mom and dad's marriage was a wreck. Because of my mom's, the demonology in the background of the generations in my family, demonic spirits trailed my mother clear to the Netherlands, taunting my mother. Some of you would have no idea what that would be like, but it was tormenting every day for her. But Deja would hear this, and she told her dad, my mom would always refer to him as Brother Regensburg. Brother Regensburg decided he was going to do something. He got government rationed meat every day, every, every week, and he decided to take what he had, that government rationed meat, to go have a conversation with my mom to be a friend. And he used that government rationed meat and started telling her the story of Jesus. That little Buddhist girl couldn't get her mind wrapped around it, but she would listen because she knew she was getting the free government rationed meat to feed her own family. And finally, Brother Rakensburg introduced her to friends and they invited her to go hear a young preacher from America in 1954, June 22nd to be exact. One night, that young preacher showed up in a soccer stadium for one night, his name was Billy Graham. Billy Graham gave the altar call and said, Jesus is gonna meet you here at this altar. 
when my mom opened up her eyes, she had a vision of Jesus Christ standing right before her. And she remembers following Billy Graham in that prayer. And my mom gave her life to Jesus Christ. Everybody credits Billy Graham, and rightfully so. He's a part of that. But let me tell you something. My mother would have never gone there had Brother Rakensberg not said, you know, I have something here. And I know another that is, does not know Jesus Christ and their soul is in the balance. And let me tell you why I'm your pastor. Let me tell you why I'm a believer. It's because an elderly man by the name of Brother Rakensberg said, looked into his own life with his own needs and said, what can I do with what I have? Steve used running. I can run. He said, I got a piece of government ration meat and I'm poor. But I know someone poorer than me and it's that woman over there who's headed for eternity. And you see me as your pastor? Let me tell you something. It started with that man doing something with what he had. And today the reason we're making a difference is because God uses people. He uses you and he uses me. And think about it, everybody. The soul of Sam Reifkogel doesn't just go to Billy Graham. It goes to an elderly man that nobody knew by the name of Brother Rakensberg. And that's why Paul said, I don't ask for you to do something and give an offering. I don't ask you to give it to me. I ask it that fruit souls will abound to your account. So I'm telling you something, friends. Brother Rakensberg is the one that's still reaping the dividends from just carrying and giving a piece of meat. He's still, he's in heaven today. And every time somebody gets saved under the ministry that I have, it goes to his account. Because I wouldn't have been here if my mom wouldn't have been there, if Billy Graham wouldn't have been there, if Brother Rakensberg wouldn't have been there. So it goes to his account. He started it. He started it. See, God was into multi-level marketing before you ever thought about it. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the only thing that will last for eternity for you. And I'm going to ask you in just a moment, I ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you help us get at least 500 of these 2,000 children? Would you help lay on our hearts somehow, some way, you would speak to the believers both here and the online campus to do something to touch maybe another Rifecogle family. You have no idea what it might do. Today, all seven of my siblings are serving God and three of us are in the full-time ministry. What were the chances of that happening? It started with somebody saying, what can I do? And I'm gonna ask you to do something. Brandon and I have done the same thing. We look at our budget, we looked at our tithe, we look what we're doing for missions, and we say, God, is there room for another? And that's what I'm asking you to do. I don't know what it may mean for you. It may be God giving you a God, a God idea like he gave Steve. It, it may be God telling you, hey, I'm gonna ask you to work down from four lattes to three lattes a week. I don't know what it is. I'm gonna ask you to stop supersizing through McDonald's and just get the regular one. But look at what you can do. Look at what you can do. And how many believe we are going to make a difference because eternity is just ahead of us, folks? How many thank God? We, you, are world changers, and we're going to do it again today. How many are ready to take the challenge? Amen. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. So here's what I want you to do. Everybody grab your phone just for a second. Join Brenda and me. Grab your phone for a second. And I'm going to ask Steve to come back up here just for a moment because if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, I want us to walk through the doors in just a moment. He's going to give you direction. There are 
There are photo stations all over in the lobby. Just go out the doors, go to your right. There's one up there by the Kids First Hub. And in just a moment, I want you to get ready to take time to do one of the greatest things you could ever do. So, Steve, bless you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Sam. Uh, thanks for that reminder to do with, uh, take what we have. Uh, my wife and I sponsored quite a number of children with World Vision. And a couple of years ago, just before the pandemic, we were prompted to sponsor yet another one. And we did that internal math. Uh, we kind of said, what can we do differently? And we were both making a stop at Starbucks. It's funny that you would mention that, Pastor Sam. We were both making a stop at Starbucks, each of us independently a day, one, one per day. And my wife said, what if we did old fashioned? What if we actually made our coffee at home, babe? <laughs> like, what if we made our coffee at home and poured our mug into a thermos and carried it to work? And it was easy for us to say yes, actually to two more children, right? Just take some, and that mug of coffee that I drink, you know, I now work from home, but I still take my mug from the kitchen, you know, down to the family room. It means something to me. And so here's what you do, pull out your phone. You got it all out already. And you're just gonna open up a text message, okay? Open up a text message right now on your phone. And if you're here in the room, you're gonna text GRF. Put down in the message, GRF. If you're those of you that are online, you already see that on your screen, it's GRF online. Put you, so you put GRF if you're here in the room. Um, down in, I'm doing that with you right now, GRF. And then you're gonna put up in the two section, you're gonna make sure it doesn't auto spell something for you. Mine always auto, auto spells Greg. You don't want that. And then up in the top section, you put 56170. Okay, and then uh, you do that, and then uh, make sure it says uh, GRF, right? Put GRF, okay. And then you hit send. And then what's gonna happen, in about 10 seconds, you're gonna get about a text back link. Okay, you're gonna get back a link. And once you get that link, uh, go ahead and open it. Go ahead and open that link. Okay, mine just, mine just hit. Uh, you go ahead and open that link. And as you open it, you're just gonna be asked to uh, answer a few questions, okay? You're gonna ask a few questions, answer those, name, uh, address, these kinds of things. The first question it's gonna ask you is, how many children would you like to be sponsored by? And if God is laying on your heart a vision for more children, one or more, what'll happen is just your picture will be printed off that many times and it'll be in Congo this week. Uh, we had a gentleman a couple weeks ago, that, or a couple months ago, I was at a church and he said, we have a vision to be sponsored, uh, chosen by six kids, is that okay? I said, absolutely. Your picture will be hung in six different places. So just go ahead and begin filling that out. My, uh, my link just, actually I thought it came back, it just got hit back, so it might take a couple seconds here. Begin filling that out, I can see tons of you doing that already. So then, once you finish with a lot of that, and for those of you that are online, you do the very same thing. And then when you're done, when you're done with the information, you're gonna get a QR code. And then this is where it gets exciting. With that QR code, you're gonna go to step number two, which is you're gonna go out to one of your spaces here at, uh, you know, in person, or for those of you online, you just do it from home, and you're gonna take the most epic picture of your life. The most epic. Why is it so epic? Because it's gonna hang you know, in these schools and in these churches this week. And so the photo booths here uh, on campus, they're gonna be at the Kids First Hub. We've got one out there. There's one in front of the prayer chapel. And then we've got three that are right out in the lobby. So you're gonna go there. And if you're joining from home, all you do is you're just gonna take or upload a picture right from your phone. And you're gonna be joined, though all of those, with all those that are happening in person, they're all gonna be merged in this Facebook group. And we're gonna be able to see and celebrate 
all of what's happening with this. Couple of reminders though, you have to do this by 9 p.m. tonight, Eastern time. This gives our team in Canongo plenty of time to print off all the pictures and get ready for the party. If you have any technical questions at all, whether you're here or for those of you that are online, we have people all set here in person in the lobbies or uh, online as well to help you with any technical questions uh, whatsoever. And then do not miss church next Sunday. Do not miss. Next Sunday is Reveal Sunday. And you're gonna walk in and all along the front of the space here, there's gonna be hundreds of chosen envelopes and on the outside of them is gonna be your name. And then inside that envelope is gonna be a picture of the child who chose you holding your picture. And I'm telling you, it will mark you. It will mark you. And for those of you that are online, we've got a great digital way of you're gonna see who chose you. But I wanna encourage all of you, maybe you're online and you've not had the opportunity to come back in person yet, come back. Be here next week. Maybe it's your first time back in the space. Come back and just see all what's gonna happening through that. So can't wait to be a part of all this with you. And with this, this has been a blessing. It truly has been a blessing. Hanging out, being with all of you here, being with those of you that are online. I'll pitch it back to Pastor Sam as we make this vision of 500 become a reality. God bless you guys and thank you. Oh, everyone. So as you go out, remember, go take your picture. We've got several stations. They move pretty quickly. And uh, it's also up there at the, for those picking up your children. There's one up there at the hub. And uh, I, just, I can't wait to see which child chooses Pastor Brendan and me next Sunday. And we're at the end of the service, you'll be able to pick them up here in the altar area. And we're going to pray over those kids. And we're going we're gonna to see God do some great things. You never know who gets changed. I just want to say this real quick. It's really interesting. This week when we were talking to the field team there in Canungo by Zoom, uh, it's interesting that the Archbishop of Kenya, who is one of the most powerful voices, just a man that loves Jesus, one of the most powerful voices that that nation listens to, he was a sponsored child from World Vision, and today he's one of the voices there a servant of God. How many believe that's how you change nations is start? when they're children, and we're going to make a difference. Amen. Would you stand, everyone, with me? Oh, Father, thank you. Can we just lift our hearts with our hands and thank the Lord? Father, thank you for your goodness to us and then empowering us, Father, to do something great for you. I don't know what the ideas are going to be, Father. I don't know. It might be, hey, go carpool with someone and and, the, and, and, and what remains, do something with it. I don't know. You'll speak to a young person. And we're getting ready to start mowing lawns again and yard work. I don't know what the idea is. Babysit. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe looking into something we already have. We've been setting aside for a vacation and taking. I don't know what it is. But Holy Spirit, would you speak to us to do something so powerful that it not only changes that person's life, but when we stand before you, <laughs> Father, we're going to see the lives of people transformed because we just listened and obeyed. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to bless this church family. Church, can we lift our hands toward heaven? Now, Father, you have blessed us and we're going to continue to be a blessing. And now I declare this over you, church family. The Lord blesses you and the Lord keeps you. His face shines on you and he is gracious to you. He lifts his countenance upon you and he gives you peace because you are his chosen people.
that will show forth the glory of God to the nations and the world. In Jesus Christ's name, and all God's blessed people said amen and praise him for what he's doing in our lives and the lives of others. Amen. I love you, everyone. Next week, get ready for the reveal as we pray next week and we come together. God bless you. Go in the joy of the Lord. I love you.